Yep. All right, let's do this. All right, guys, welcome back to the Taekwondo Podcast. It has been some time. We have taken some time off. We are refreshed, and we are ready to rock and roll. Today, we have Damien Samson, who is a recently retired Great Britain athlete, uh, 80 kilos, correct? Yep, correct. Not anymore. Okay. Not and anymore. <laughs> back in the day, we were... We were at weight at some point in time. Yeah. Uh, so a quick, quick intro about uh, Damon. So in 2015, silver in world championships and bronze in the 2017 world championships. Is that correct? Correct, yeah. All right. And uh, why don't you tell us more about you? Like, we, we want to know more about you. So okay. the floor is yours. Okay. Um, what do you want to know? Give me, give me a topic and I'll cover it. Uh, let's, let's start, start from the beginning. With, uh, yeah, let's start with your journey. Okay, like, um, so you oh, a long time ago in the beginning. I'm getting old now. Uh, so for me, yeah. So I, I kind of joined the team a bit, a bit in a different, a different way to most. I was a kickboxer originally, um, and did that from like 12 years old through to about 24. Uh, I also um, had a shoulder injury, so my shoulder was dislocated. It's called subluxating, where it pops out and pops back in, and I had a few tears and a, a lot of issues in it. So I um I decided to stop kickboxing for a while. Went to get a scan on my shoulder through the, the National Health Service. Uh, got the scan, waited for a while, and then they've lost the results. And then I thought, you know what, I'm gonna I'm gonna just take some time out. So I went to America actually for a while, into New York for a few months, and I went to Spain for a few months. Came back um, and then did all the rehab, and then it happened again. And I thought, what am I gonna do? And then my dad, who was uh, my instructor. He then saw a magazine article that said uh, people from different martial arts can apply to join the Taekwondo team. So the first time they did the fighting chance where they looked for karate, MMA, um, ITF, Taekwondo. So any, anyone can apply. And he said, I think it'd be really good because it's predominantly kicking. So your shoulder won't be affected. Plus it's a full-time athlete position. You get house provided. And, you know, once you build up the rankings, you can get a wage. So I thought, okay, let's do it. Um, but applied for the team and then it took probably I think four or five different training days training phases the first one we had to go and um, fight a random person and they, they looked at the fight and then they see if you progress to the next stage so the first one I fought a, a WT uh, Taekwondo guy a golden point and I won and I didn't really know what I was doing to be honest um, I remember having sore feet because I wasn't used to kicking barefoot and I just remember limping off and the guy we went to the we ended up going to the same um, train station so he had a black eye I had like a limping foot he had a bad dodge and we were just like walking with each other talking about it so that was when I first realised how bad Taekwondo can be on your feet um, and then yeah so after that was a few different phases and then it came down to a boot camp which was seven days uh, Paul Green uh, led the camp obviously a very, very well-known coach and amazing fighter in the past. Um, and it was seven days, full-on test matches, um, just two, two sessions, three sessions a day. And obviously your body's not used to it because you're not a full-time athlete. And then, um, yeah, then after that, there was about 1,500 people applied and there's about four of us got through. Um, and the last phase on the boot camp, it was like karate world champion, ITF world champion, MMA champion. It was like, and everyone was fighting, it was like best of the best. So it was, it was a cool experience. And then since 24, I joined the team. Um, so, yeah, so picking up the sport, picking up the style, uh, using my front leg as a strength. And at the time, Taekwondo was still kind of old school. So people were still doing a lot of back legs. People were skipping with their kicks, um, probably going with the body a little bit as opposed to picking your lead leg up, leg up and projecting forward. 
So, uh, so yeah, that's why my success became very early. And within, I think it was three and a half, four months, I got an A-class medal. Um, so it, it proved the system works. And since then, the system has, uh, has, been, has been done about five or six times. And Lauren Williams, Christy McNeish, um, oh, there's loads of them that have come through. They've come through from kickboxing. A lot of young girls as well. A lot of them are ex-kickboxers and ITF. So it's kind of paved the way for the next generation. So that was, that was a long time ago. And since then, I've been an athlete. And yeah, I mean, um, flew through the ranks quite quickly. Uh, took my time. I started in heavyweight, uh, then uh, then dropped down to minus eighty, which was which was like welcome to diet life, and I, that was a struggle. Uh, and then from the, from then on, to be honest, it was it was living my life. I mean, as a strict athlete and not being able to eat what you want, um, just it's a tough lifestyle, but it's it pays off. And then yeah, then got um, my first big competition. I would say was. Uh, French Open 2013 when I did really well beat um, Aaron Cook in the final it was a really good fight and then from then on got consistency and then started winning Opens and then 2015 I think I won like five, four or five in a row and then silver medal at the World Championships and then the bronze medal at the World Championships but yes yeah, over my career it's been an amazing journey uh, but it's, it's tough there's some obstacles you have to overcome but it's been a great experience and I've had a great time and there's a lot of things that have gone on that I could I mean, it's good stories to share to family and friends. And there's a lot of things in martial arts you learn that you can transfer to, uh, to ordinary life. So, yeah, it's been, it's been a blessing to be in the team. And now I'm, I'm enjoying it. I'm a lot heavier. I can eat what I want. And I'm teaching a lot now. Yeah. Yeah, so you kind of went from uh, traveling around the world all the time with uh, competitions mm. to locked into your whole own house uh, for this crazy Oh, quarantine. yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah, we're quarantined now. It's crazy. But... It was interesting because I was, that was a, one thing I was kind of concerned about, thinking once I stop competing, I'll miss the travel. I'll miss the, the guys, the competition, the training, obviously, but I'll miss the travel. But since, um, since I left the team, I've coached so much that I've, uh, that I've traveled more than I was before, to be honest. Um, and I've started working with this company called Kickeye. Uh, we can speak about that later, but that's, that's who I've been working with recently. And it's um, a sports technology product that's just come to market, nothing like it. So I've been out to Finland, Iceland, I've been to America, Canada, I've been a lot of places, but now I'm in my room, in my flat, and we're quarantined. But there could be worse things, there's worse things going on out there, but I've started doing live training sessions from, um, from my living room, and I've got about 110 members now in that group, so if anyone wants to get involved, jump in, and you guys want to get involved, jump in. Yeah, for sure. It's something that uh, we'll put out there, for sure, because um, yeah. uh, everyone's, everyone's kind of stuck at home, and it uh it's it's a time that that people can really start to get ahead if you're if you're really determined um and and at the same time it's a time where people can really sink and kind of fall behind because you know they're using this as like a staycation uh from work from training from all that stuff so what's some advice you can kind of give uh the other the taekwondo athletes that are stuck at home um that don't have equipment don't have any teammates to work with Uh, what kind of things can you recommend for them to do yeah so it's a good question so i mean i know a lot of the guys have got some pads and stuff and the sessions i've been doing online i've used no equipment but people that are doing the session they're on the live stream and they've got a bob in their garage or they've got a matted gym and not everyone can have that so um and and the gb guys as well there they've they've been given some stuff like what bikes to take home but not not everyone has pads at home and not everyone has someone to train with 
So for me, I mean, you can do a lot of stuff at home. You can do your, I mean, leg control. You can do your chambering drills where you can, you can do your slow kicks. Um, you can, you can do kicking, kicking in the air. You can do your fitness. You can work on your flexibility, because I think a time like this for me, when you're training full time, you have to. Um, you can't go if if you're not a supple or flexible guy or girl. You can't spend too much time going deep into the stretch because the next day you'll sacrifice training and it will take two day, two three days to recover. So a time like this for someone is you, you can work on your flexibility, you can push it, you can go in the bath, you can stretch out the bath. And even if you worked on your flexibility, your leg control, static, that, that like you can come back with an additional um, weapon added to your, to your game and you can come out feeling like you've improved. So I think rather than focusing on what you can't do at home, focus on what you can do. And some of the drills and stuff I've done online, I mean, in my eyes, if someone's with a, I don't know, a very basic, mediocre taekwondo club, um, it's hands-on, it's physical, they're training normally. Uh, whereas if they did an online session with someone of a higher IQ and a fight, more experience, then maybe they could learn more online as opposed to being there physical. The sparring, obviously, you need to, to be um, with, with partners, but I think there's a lot online that can be done. And I think this, the, the unfortunate scenario that's happened now, um, is going to change people's perceptions of what they can and can't do online. I think this real this situation is, um, I like to call it a bit of a blessing in disguise. Uh, a lot of yeah. people take it as a negative notation, but there's, like you said, this brings out a lot of creativity in people. Uh, even myself, I work mostly with powerlifters and strength athletes, and typically they are using barbells and you know, practicing specific movements. Not everybody has the privilege to have a barbell on their back or bring a barbell set back home. So now yeah. we have to start being creative, lifting with water jugs, rice sacks. That's very common. And things that we take for granted, now we can actually yeah. use them. I mean, how many people go to the airport and actually make weight on the first try everybody has that issue of going too heavy well now's the time to load up that suitcase and do something with it go ham yeah, on yeah, it. Yeah, have yeah. all your textbooks and all that stuff right i um, agree That's, yeah good Sorry. and this is an excellent time to build up work capacity you know you especially for taekwondo athletes you guys have so many competitions back to back to back to back like mm. fatigue accumulates injuries accumulate now's the time to to deload to actually let those injuries recover work on your weaknesses work on building that bigger work capacity so that when you do come out you are ready to train you are you have like you said you have more tools in your tool chest to work with mm. i think that's a great point i think that's really good i think um i think you hit the nail on the head there you said that people compete a lot especially taekwondo and with the, the points system and the ranking system you almost get a little bit of training over Christmas, which obviously is holiday, but you train, train over it. You then start the competitions and then it's back to back. And there's mm -hmm. no time to improve because you can't afford to put load on your body because you're competing in a week. Exactly. You can't afford to put load on because you're dieting and you, you, know, you can't, you don't wanna um, just completely wipe yourself out. So I think even what you said then, it's like a happy fighter is a dangerous fighter and there's so much scope for, for rest. So if, if you could, you could be on the ring and you can change your body, but if your mind's not fresh, you won't perform well, equally, you could have maybe not been the best physical condition, but if you're fresh mentally and you've not been trained into a, a hole, then mm -hmm. you'll perform better. So for me, I think a fresh mind is, is more important than a fresh body at times. So this is a time, obviously focus on staying healthy and keeping your family safe and following the pro protocols, 
But even if you didn't do that much training, the rest, when you come back to training, you'll be physically, mentally fresh, ready to go. So, yeah, exactly what you said. There's, there's a lot of scope for D-Lo. And in a sport like ours, there's not much chance to do it. No, this is perfect time. Uh, with coaches, we talked about what are some things that athletes can do. But what about for coaches? Because there are a lot of coaches out there who maybe doesn't have as big of a reach and it has a lot more confinements. As a coach, what do you, uh, what are some recommendations you can give to a coach in this current situation where we're not able to go to a dojo, we aren't able to work with our students one-on-one, we're all yep. stuck at home. Well, what are some tips and tricks that you can give to coaches out there that can, that can benefit from this situation? Yeah, I think, um, I think it depends really. You've got na- national coaches, obviously, that's a full-time job. I know that a lot of teams are still keeping in communication with their athletes. They're, they've got little, not little, but they've got kind of in-house apps or certain systems that they can, they can, they can talk, they can zoom, they can send uh, documents over. So I think you can, I think still keep keep the contact with the with the athlete. Um, and I think at a time like this, when you're an elite competition, or even if you're not an elite fighter, like you, you train your body is important. It's very important, but. Training your brain is important too. Um, training your fight IQ is also important. So a time like this, you could, if I had an athlete, I would probably be sending them, I don't know, two or three fights a day um, and saying, like, what's your opinions on this? Maybe what would, what would you do in this situation? So they're training their brain and they're keeping their mind in the sport. Um, also, for me, my success, I think, uh, starting Taekwondo at 24, um, I think my, my success so fast was my mentality and psychology. And I used to train psychology uh, once or twice a week at one stage, and I really got into it, and I, I understand the benefit of it. So I think they can also take time to, to train their brain. They can, I mean, rather than thinking, okay, you've lost the past three competitions in a row, rather than beasting yourself into the ground doing sit-ups and tuck jumps and press-ups, that's not going to change it. Maybe look at why you did it. It could be a technical issue. It also could be a mental issue. How did you approach the fight? After you got scored on in the first round, do you start panicking? Do you start going into a panic mode and going big? So I think it's a time to, to rest, to stay safe, and you can also spend this time to train your brain. And when you go back to training, you're like a machine. So people neglect that. Um, I'll, ask you guys a, I'll ask you guys a question. So uh, in, in Taekwondo at elite level, like top, top level, it, if someone's going to win a competition and do very well, would you think percentage-wise, mental or physical? What would you say at the top level? I listened to your podcast already. Oh, okay, <laughs> I okay. I heard okay. you go through this, yeah. Oh, go ahead, Alfred. Uh, mental, for sure. Uh, we've, had, we've experienced part of this in the way back in the day where we didn't come in in the best shape. We came in injured. We came in with whatever odds it was when let just first came and there was yeah, yeah. so many disadvantages but if you have the right mentality if you're open-minded you're able to work with what you have that can yeah. take you a long ways and even yeah. if you're not prepared compared to somebody who walks in mentally defeated or already have these excuses limitations what they can and cannot do you're already one step ahead yeah 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 yeah, I agree. And, and I, I say that all the time. And I heard this analogy. And it, it's like I'll chat to people and they'll say like 90, 10, 90% mental and 80, 20. And it's like, how many times do you train Taekwondo? And it's like five, six days a week, twice a day. 
like do you how much you spend time on your psychology and, and working out your fight approach and your mentality with your coach and things you want him to say or her to say to you and get the bond together and they're like not not at all and it's like well you said that it was 90 10 mental physical why would you not do the mental so there's a book out there it's called um it's the model that the GB coaches use and the GB athletes use and it's called the chimp paradox and it's by a guy called Steve Peters and it's a way of understanding the brain in a, in a basic way um, where you can relate to it. And it's, that's the model I've, I've been taught. And it's just certain different ways to approach things. Um, I'll, I'll tell you a, a little bit on it quickly. I won't get too technical, but it's like there's a, you do all your training and all your information you learn, the tactics and the kicks and the muscle memory all goes into your like, computer. So it's all stored into your computer, which is a, it's called the computer, the chimp these two parts, but they're, they're, they're actual parts of your brain. I'm not sure the actual names, but I'll call it the chimp in the, um, the computer. So, so all, all your, your memory is stored in here and the chimp is flight, fight or flight. So, you know, when you, when you get nervous, you have the tunnel vision, you either back out cause you're, you're a bit intimidated or you take your fight to them. Um, and you, you're a bit you know, aggressive and crazy. And we've all done it at one stage. It takes years to train your brain to be relaxed and perform like you are in the gym. So, when you're in the when you're in the fight and flight mode, the, the panic mode, the, the it restricts restricts the um, the passage to the computer, so you can't access your hard drive, and it and it actually blocks it off. So that's what sometimes people go in fights and they um they come out and they can't remember what they did, they don't remember what the coach said, they don't remember anything. They saw tunnel vision, dry mouth, and that was it. They come up and you go, what the hell's just gone on? And that's because they're in the, the chimp mode and they can't access all the stored information. It's the people that are like robots in there and they're relaxed and they're calm. Even you can be calm and aggressive, but it's controlled aggression and you're accessing it all. So yeah, so that's a little, little bit about the model and how it works. Um, but it's so interesting studying the brain. And once you realize what is the best you in the ring and what creates the best you, then that's when you, that you can be very successful in my opinion. So for me, I, I really highly regard training your, your brain and every elite um, sports person has to do it in my opinion. Yes. So you're saying um, during this time of quarantine, we shouldn't be sending political memes to each other and quarantine memes and actually doing something productive. Correct. Correct. Oh. <laughs> I, 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 I got to delete some pictures now, yeah? Yeah, hold on. But uh, anyway, speaking about um, uh, the mental, uh, I believe it was the 2017 uh, World Championships, you came in injured. Um, yep. So... Can you kind of go through that and what you're what you were going through mentally as far as your preparation and uh, and your performance that day? Yeah, so um, wow, for me, uh, people work differently, and I, I like to prove. It depends what your motivation is. It's it's um, you can have it for praise. You know, someone praises you, recognition. So to people know who you name, uh, they say hi to the competitions. It can be to prove people wrong. It can be to prove. I mean, to make yourself happy, your family happy. Um, so it depends what floats your boat, really. But for me, I mean, if I'm in a if I'm in a situation where I'm doubting, that's that, that I'll, I'll rise to that, and I'll think you, you're doubting me. Like I'll, I'll step up. So I like that. That is a massive motivation for me. So after Rio, I mean, in 2015, I was like, I was going to the Olympics and won all the tournaments, silver at the worlds, and that was it. You know, I'm going to the Olympics, and at that time, and then my teammate Latelo, um, good friend of mine, he. Did a couple of good performances towards later on in the year. Um, we crossed paths as well, and he put a few medals on the board. And then um, the next couple of competitions, I kind of had a few competitions, had a few injuries, a, a little hamstring tear, 
Um, had a little hip issue as well, which I carried on training through it, thought nothing of it. And then um, he, uh, he was then selected for the Olympics and I wasn't. And that was a pretty bad feeling, to be honest. Um, one of the worst feelings of my life. You've been working towards something for four years, six years, ten years, and uh, your dream goes, and it's not in your power. It's, it, it's just through a voting system. So yeah, that was a tough, um, that was a tough, tough one to deal with. And then I thought I need to check my hip out because I've been having pain and just training through it. Got my hip scanned, and they said you need an operation on it. Um, you'll need a hip operation by forty or before forty. I'm thirty three, so it's not too far away. Uh, and then they said, can we scan your other hip? And he said, that's worse. And I thought, come on. So I thought, okay. So, um, so that I didn't go to, obviously, I went, I went to Rio as a reserve. And then towards the end of the year, I got the hip operation on my left and then was in crutches for four weeks and then got the hip operation on my right, which was, it just sucks. Like when you're not being able to walk for four weeks, and I just I called the doctor up and said, listen, I don't want to, um, I don't want to do it. I don't want to do my right one. I just don't want to do it. And he said, you have to do it. So I don't want to go through that process again. And then, um, and then I got both done, and then I came back training. And then I, uh, they said, like, I don't think you'll be ready for the World Championships. I think it was in May, maybe. So I came back in about February time, and they said it's going to be, you know, six months to get back normal, kind of normal training. And I thought, I'm going to the Worlds. Like, I'm, I'm doing it. So I probably rushed the process, which I wouldn't advise, really, to anyone because you can pay the price after it. But I just focused on it, and I, and I thought, you know, they thought Damon's had two hip operations. He's I don't know, 32 now, 31. Like he's he's done. He's probably going to get the operations and then and then retire. And when I felt that vibe, I'm, I've been fortunate. I've always had success in the team, and I felt the vibe of like, do you not think I can do this? I was like, okay, okay. So, so just focus with the rehab, focus with the training. Um, did as much as I can. Obviously, are you in pain? No, I'm not in pain. And then I train. And but again, I want to advise that, especially for young people out there. Like, listen to your body. Be smart. Um, at the time, I just wanted to do it, and it paid off because I, I didn't have long left in my career. So I, um, so I went to a warm-up competition in the Moldovan Open, and it was like straight final. And my coach, who's a training partner and friend, Martin Stamper, he'd never won a gold yet as a coach. So I was like, like it's your chance. There's two of us in the division. So I did. I fought in this, um, fought the final against this forget where, Ukraine, maybe. It went. It was the new rules. It went golden point, and I was I hit with um, I think one or two headshots where I did like a check and then a high. And at the time, it was where the low kick just come in. So they went, stop, like your first kick was low below. So we taken the headshot off, like four K. Then he went to spinning kick and I knocked him over. And then he went, you kicked him in the back, like low kick, point off. And it just didn't go right. And then I got my thumb kicked. And between the second round, when I, when I touched my thumb, it was bending down to here. And I thought, there's something wrong. So anyway, lost golden point on two gamjins of kicking low. And I was, I thought, what? So I was really disappointed. And I knew I'd mess my thumb up, so I went back to training. And I'd like, I think I had four, three and a half weeks to the world. Went to get a scan on my thumb, and he said, You need an operation now, or else you won't be able to pick things up. And I thought, Mate, there's, there's no chance that I'm having another operation. I said, I've just had two. I said, I'm not doing it. So he said, I, said, I would advise you to have it now. And I said, Let's postpone it for a few weeks. So um, strapped it up, trained with it, like the pain every time. You're going to get kicked in the hand, obviously, in the national team, some big guys as well. So dealt with the pain. Uh, which was quite bad. Went to the Worlds, and then, yeah, like, I didn't have the best preparation, no. Um, my legs probably didn't, they felt quite stiff because of the operations. My hand was in pain. Um, but i just been focusing on it. That, that's how I work. If it's, when it's big competitions come up, I, I, mean, I, I think about every day, and I, I always visualise. I sit there and think, 
when I win the quarterfinal, I'm going to celebrate, I don't know, like this or this or, or do something. Then the semi-final, when I win, I'm going to celebrate like that. And then it's like, what am I going to do when I become the first male world champion from GB? And that's how it happens. And I, I just positive thinking. And then, and then when you start fighting, it starts to happen strangely how you've thought it because you put yourself in a situation. And, and a tip as well for visualization is, like you have to do it through your own eyes. That's what the, the, the psychologists say and the, the people that know, know in that industry is like, you can't do it from like a bird's eye view. It has to be visualized through your eyes and you know, scoring your headshots, um, evading, looking at the score and you're comfortably in the lead in the quarterfinals. And that's what I was doing really. And I just, I just was excited to fight. I'd, I knew it's maybe my last one or two world championships. And the way I work in the ring is... I stand there on the mats and I walk out and I'm joking with my coach and we laugh around until the last round. So when round three starts of the fight before me, I'll, I'll get up and get in the zone. Before that, I'm just calm and I just sit there and think that I'm, I'm doing a, a sport that I absolutely love. Um, I love martial arts. I, I'm getting paid for a job that I love and all I have to do is jump in a ring and, and have fun and you know, point fight with someone. And that's how I work really and that's what makes me perform the best. Um, to put things in perspective, and to realise, enjoy the journey because, um, I mean, I'm recently retired, but when you're, when you're older and you're not competing anymore, I guarantee you'd have, you'd have hoped you'd gone back in time and said, I wish you'd just enjoyed that. Just enjoy it, not worried. And that's how I perform well. That's how I perform. How about you guys? What's your, what's your opinion on how you fight well? Kevin, uh, for me, uh, I just had to have fun with it. Um, once I, you know, I've had the same realisation that, like I'm doing this just because uh, because I love it and it's fun. Uh, the you know the the stress kind of went away and, and my performances got better. Um, yeah. And the the one thing I always told myself is uh, before I stepped in is I'm stressing over something that I do all the time and I know how to do. But uh, yeah. you kind of stress about it like it's something brand new and you're jumping into something that you don't know. Um, but yeah, for me, the big thing was just knowing that uh, I, I was just doing it because it was fun and I love it. And, it, you know, for me, I, I ended up um, ending competitions uh, pretty, pretty young. But uh, definitely yeah. looking back, it's like, you know, I, you don't want to have the feeling of, oh, I wish I, I did it this way or I wish I, you know, had a little more fun with it. But, you know, it's, it's, it's a good time. It's a good it time for good. sure. Yeah, and for myself... And, Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Oh, yeah, yeah. Alfred, no, no, no. yeah you have a different, you have a different uh, spin on it too, because you, you after Taekwondo, you went into powerlifting um, after a couple of years. So okay. there's a little, you know, you have, you have the same thing, but it's a little different. Yeah, yeah. Mine's kind of a mixed bag because I was in Taekwondo um, when I first started. It was uh, kind of what you, what you were touching on in that my, my perspective was from bird's eye view, you know. Yeah almost like playing a movie in my head. Yeah. Like, like in my mind, I'm like, okay, this is like best of the best for you yeah, listeners yeah. out there. So let's see who actually knows that reference. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But for me, it's like, okay, it's like a movie. It, this has to be the outcome. And I built up so much anxiety, so much pressure on myself that yeah. this needs to be an outcome that the process was no longer there. I wasn't flexible in the ring. So if some, one thing doesn't go my way, my whole thought process just kind of went out the window and it, it literally went to fight or flight. It wasn't yeah. until later on when I started enjoying and taking advantage every moment and paving my way every moment of that fight is when the outcomes start going the way that I anticipated. 
with powerlifting, it was very similar. Uh, actually, in powerlifting, I would almost say that I was slightly ahead because, uh, because of Taekwondo. Everybody was getting really amped up in the warm room, and I was the only one that was just kind of hanging out, just chilling. Before the competition, everybody was in the back, having a good time, socializing. Yeah. I, I did what I normally did for Taekwondo. Uh, I went onto the platform, and I just had a good look around. Just this is where I'm competing. This is where yeah. all the referees are. This is the atmosphere. This is the smells. Yeah. These are the sounds. Yeah. This is the lighting. So by the time I actually stepped onto the platform for the first time, it wasn't new to me. There wasn't a whole lot of jitters. I kind of visual. I saw this moment happening already. I knew what to expect. I knew what was going on the minute I stepped onto the platform. And every moment from that point, every competition from down, it was the same thing over and over and over again. And mm. one thing I stress my athletes is don't focus on things that you have zero control over. Yeah, correct. You have the most control over yourself. Walk in there and control yourself. Don't let your emotions get out of hand. Don't focus on what's on social media. That doesn't matter. What happened on social media is just a mere snapshot of that specific point in time. Yep. Focus on now. You have all control right now. If you focus on Instagram, well, that's, that's your focus, Instagram, not yeah. what's happening right now. Yeah, that's a great point. Um, yeah, definitely control the controllables. Also, it's like, if you go in the ring, you can't control what the referees do. You, you have bad days. You do. Like, you get good decisions, bad decisions. You get good draws, bad draws. It happens. But like you said, you can't control what your opponent does. You can, you can manipulate them technically. But you, um, you what you have got control over is how you want to be. What, what's the best daemon today? And it's like a lot of people. I mean, we've all done it. I've done it. I had a phase where I went through it. And it just it didn't go well. Sometimes it's like people focus on their opponent and they'll say, um, say I have an A game and my opponent has a A game. And my A game is left leg, uh, left leg dominant um, and maybe punch and work. Say that's mine. And his, his A game is his spinning kicks and he's got a good right leg spinning kick. So a lot of people in that situation, they will, they will say, right, he's got a good right leg spinning kick. So I've got to change to my bad stance. I've got to change right foot forward. I've got to work out how to deal with his strengths rather than saying, I'm going to put my A game on you and you're going to bend to your B game. I'm going, to, I'm going to make you bend. And that's an important one. It's like, maybe he has a good right leg spinning kick, but first time, boom, I knock him in the back, he falls over. Next time, kick him in the head. He then loses confidence in his A techniques and then he'll bend to his B game and you'll dominate them in theory. So I think that's a good one. Is, is there's times, of obviously, you need to be technically... Um, prepared and tacti tactically prepared for the fight but a lot of times if you believe in your yourself and you know, you're at a good level believe in your a game and and just put that on them for the first round and see what happens and then maybe maybe work it out but sometimes you can find yourself adapting and doing techniques that aren't your techniques because you're trying to you're trying to bend it around him or her rather than making them bend around you i think that's quite an important an important point yeah, for sure. Um, the one thing I used to used to always think, because I'm really short, I'm like five yep. four on a good day, uh, yeah. fighting 54 kilos. I was always the shortest one, and you know, for me, the obstacle is like, oh man, they're so much taller than me. But that's something I I can't control. I either yep. one gotta gotta get taller, which isn't gonna happen, or I have <laughs> yeah. to just deal with it. Um, but it's it's uh, something that we yeah I could try. It's probably a better <laughs> probably a good good chance of doing that, right? 
but um, yeah. yeah, and then it's something that uh, that's one thing that I love about martial arts and, and having young young kids do martial arts and now coaching is it's it's uh, things that you could take that you learned in training in the ring and kind of use it in the rest of your life. Um, yep. and, and now that you're into retirement, uh, do you want to give us something that you're give, tell us about the kick AI that you're you're doing and yeah, and, so uh, what's that um, all about. Okay, so I retired, and like the day I retired, I got a message on LinkedIn, and it was um, from a, a Finnish guy called Jan Erik, and he said, um, he said, oh, I saw you retired. We could have, can we have a chat? And we had a, I think it was a FaceTime meeting, and they said we developed a product for for the martial arts, and it's um, a sports tech product called Kickeye, and I'd never heard of it, and I asked some people, have you heard of it? And it was very new, so no one had heard of it, and I thought, you know, what, what, what's it about? So I kind of went online, checked them out, and then they flew me to Finland. Um, funny story. So, so I didn't know the guys, and there was four of them. So I never met them, and they said we're in flight. So I flew to Finland, and then I, and then they, I said, where are we staying for the weekend, the business, the business weekend? Because of the, all the founders were there, and we were talking of business. And they said we're staying. With, it's like a five and a half hour drive from the airport. It's near the Russian border in the middle of nowhere. And I thought, okay, what is going on? I was like, who have I annoyed in my past for someone to take me out there and you know chop me up beside the Russian border? So I started getting paranoid and thinking, what's going to go on? I've never met them. Is it is it cool? But yeah, they're they're great guys, really really good guys. Um, and they've they're amazing at what they do. They're great coders, um, designers. And what happened was one of the founders, Yang, he uh, he ended up. Having a having a working for a company, training for his black belt um, as a recreational martial artist, and thought, is there a Fitbit out there to see if I'm getting faster and fitter? And couldn't find anything to do with uh, martial arts, so took his team with him. They left and went full time with it. Uh, so I've got that's what I prepared earlier. So um, so basically, what what is Kikai? This is a single system, um, and I'll quickly show us in it. So the, the system, this is for the individual unit, and it's, it's two sensors, okay? So two little sensors here. And all you do is you put them into ankle straps. Do it very quickly. Put them into ankle straps, pop the, the, sensor, the sensor in, put it around your ankle, connect it with your Kick AI, Kick AI app, and that's, you, that's as simple as that. Um, what it does, it records your speed, um, your reaction time, Say I'm doing a conditioning round, um, I could put in four minutes conditioning round and it'll tell me how many kicks I've done, how many left leg, right leg. It'll pull up graphs of how you're in the red zone and the green zone. Um, you could do it sparring and then highlight that in the third round your intensity drops by 30%. Um, I don't know, you, you threw 10% right leg kicks. Has all that information on it really. And it's, um, it's the, the app, we, we're getting more training features on there. It's getting really big. Um, some big names are, are using it and, and we've got some big names starting to use it. UFC in the UK, uh, we've got a little contract with them. And then this is the club one. So this is the massive club pro and it's basically the same thing um, for, for teams. And it's, uh, so from here, you've got all the different sensors. You connect it with your iPad and you can have um, eight people plus training with all their names on the screens. Um, and yeah, just tracking all the data really. Uh, so yeah, so, so the company's amazing and, and with the company I've been teaching a lot, traveling the world, uh, doing my seminars, doing kick-eye visits uh, and yeah, I mean at, at a time like this to be honest, if anyone's looking for an additional training tool then this is perfect. Um, a lot of people have started to, to purchase these and obviously this kind of crazy time we're in because 
it adds a different flavor to their training. Um, they can record how, how much they're doing, log it on the system, show their instructor. Uh, the parents can hold some pads and they can do some, some fitness tests or, or conditioning rounds or um, reaction times and see how fast their reaction is compared to a loads of uh, top, 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 top Taekwondo people that are on the system. So yeah, it's, it's a great app. It's a great system and it's one of a kind. And I was pleased when I saw it because I thought, I mean, I'm not going to put my name to something that I don't believe in. Um, and when I saw it and I saw the, the capabilities and the team, I thought it's, it's, it's perfect. It's, it's kind of worked out perfectly, really. So I had a really good time. And yeah, when all, when all, when all this finishes, I'll be back out teaching. Um, but currently, like I said, I'm doing my online session, which is on Facebook. So if anyone wants to get involved, just drop me a message on any of the social media platforms and I can talk you through that. Uh, and that's it. Since retiring, I've just been teaching and eating too much food, really. Uh, where can that's we cool. find uh, some more information about the KKI um, online? So you've got the, the Instagram, which is KKI. You've got their website, which is KKI. Um, and yeah, I mean, we can, I'm sure we can put some links in. And if anyone wants to, to ask me questions, just drop me a message um, and I'll get back to you. So where would people get a hold of you personally or should they just get a hold of you through those two uh, social medias? Yeah, so for me, just um, Instagram, obviously my name, David Samson. My Facebook page, I've got an athlete page and I've also got my online training. So the online training, which I've wanted to do for a long time um, and I know that martial arts will start to go online a bit more. It, it, it inevitably has because we've been forced to in such a bad situation. So it, people are grading online and if I would, if I'd have, if I'd have told you someone a year ago, you can grade online, they'd have said, oh, you can't do that. It's, you know, it's not pure. Like you have to be in a gym. It's impossible. Well, who's to say you can't do the first two, three belts online, four belts. I'm sure I, I could teach you online probably a lot better than a lot of gyms you go to. So it's one of them really. It's, it's, it's changing a bit. So my online group, um, is on it's like a facebook closed group so if you if you again message me on on any platform um i'll, I'll invite you into the group and that's it it's um something i wanted to do for a while and now i'm forced to do it with the, with the unforeseen circumstances um and i want to i want to keep doing it for a while and i've got a defense student um which i've been planning for four months now which is going to be online martial arts again uh and we we're just about to start filming it until the quarantine hits so that's going to be delayed a bit yeah, there's a lot of things coming your way, physical and online. So I can't wait to um, I can't wait for the next little while. Once everyone, hopefully, this gets sorted out soon and and everyone stays as safe as possible, and then I will be out teaching in person, traveling, and also online. So yeah, I love it. It's my passion, and I just hope to inspire the next generation. I think this Anything situation is the better. I don't want to say best thing, yeah. but uh, it really is a blessing in disguise because this, as you mentioned, really forces a lot of people to take the next step forward yeah. in utilizing the technology we have. We can't be there like back in a day where we're all in the dojang tra training together. It's yeah. not going to happen. With new technology and you know, with social media and all that, you can arguably say that you can do an equal or even better job training from home or training in semi-isolation. Yep. And this forces yeah. a lot of people to actually adapt and utilize these new tools because you can only teach Pumse from home for so long. Yeah. Right? yeah. You can only get the kids to do bodyweight squats and push-ups and kicking paddles yeah. for so long until things get stale or they need to improve. Yep. Yeah, yeah, it's true. 
It's true. It's um, I think as well. It's like, I mean, you you need physical contact, you know, for sparring and distance. Of course, you do for any sport. You mean there's so much you can do, but there's also there's things you can work on, like you said, that you maybe haven't got a chance to. And also maybe maybe you do a session with a coach online and you're doing a kit or you're doing your techniques or which I'm going to start doing. Maybe you know people people have been sending me fights to review and analyze and also it's like almost like a personal training. But, you know, they could be with a coach and their coach could see something I don't see. I could see something their coach doesn't see. And also when you've been training with one athlete and one coach, sometimes you can get blinkered and you can be caught up in what you're doing. And sometimes a breath of fresh air and a new opinion can just be like, do you know what? I didn't even think about that. And sometimes you can be so focused on what you're doing and get into you know, the certain style you're fighting, the way you're fighting, the way you approach the fights. It's like I say, Say I'm coaching, coaching you guys and I look at your style and your body type and I think this is the best way for you to fight. And a lot of coaches will dictate that. A lot of times the athletes will in, get involved and they'll come up with a, you know, the athlete wants to do this, the coach wants them to do that and they'll have a bond. Sometimes the coach will say, I want you to fight right foot forward. I want you to force the clinch and work in the clinch. And that's how I think you should fight best. But at the same time, it's like, for one, you're on the mat, you're winning, you're losing. Um, so have your own opinion on it because when your career's over, do you want to come off and think that wasn't me, that wasn't my representation? And also, who's to say that that coach is giving you the right way to fight? Maybe, maybe another coach could come in, look at your style and say, come here, I want you to do this, this and this, and you start beating everyone. So I think it's good to get different opinions from people um, and just open your ears in martial arts. It can be very blinkered and it's like, my style's versus your style. My style is better than your style. Karate is better than Taekwondo. And every, every style's got their own positive spin on it and just take from different things. Um, when I first joined the Taekwondo team, I was getting, I, was, I had phone calls and people were saying to me, uh, you can't, you, when I was preparing to get in the team, I, I tried to train with a few different Taekwondo schools. They said, there's no way you can train at our school. We don't believe in it. There's no way a kickbox is going to do well in Taekwondo. It's a waste of money. They're only getting the money to, to pump back in the team. It's all, so I had all this negativity and I thought, wow, I've never felt like that before. I'd love to go back now and just drop a few world medals on the table and say, like, what's going on? Like, could I, could I not do Taekwondo? So I think, um, I think be optimistic, be open-minded and take from different people, take from different styles and just, and just create and make sure you have your own input into how you fight because you're there on the end of the day, Max. So yeah, I think it is good. Um, to get to go train with different people online, to get different opinions, to get different training methods. So I think it's I think in a terrible situation, um, some people could could improve whilst being at home. Yeah, I agree. I agree. All right. Well, I guess that's pretty much it. Well, thanks, David, for coming on to our show. No problem. Uh, no problem. Yeah, it was it was an honor to have you. It's nice to be Thank back you. doing this. Is our first uh, episode back after. Like a two-year hiatus, but yeah, yeah, yeah. I guess it just took a quarantine for us to to get back at it. There we go. There we go. So in in, in a way, in a in a terrible situation, it's, it's forced you to to do what you can do and to to start to putting time into something you enjoy. So there we go. Yeah, exactly. All right. Thank you again. Nice to chat to you guys. See you later. All right. Take care. Bye bye. You too. Right. Bye bye.